But I had a basketball coach. He had this quote. He was like, never too high, never too low. There's going to be moments where you think you're on top of the world. You're going to have the work you wanted, the job you wanted, the role you wanted, the boss you wanted. You're going to feel excited. There's going to be moments where you're feeling low. You hate the work. The job is dragging on. Not crazy about the people anymore, but you have to keep that balance to keep it real with yourself. And you can't know what it's like to be on that high or low without going through those experiences. University of Alabama's Colorado's College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories most people both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Ryan Coleman. This is the second episode to our two-part series with Ryan, and we want to talk about some of the different aspects that he definitely emphasizes talking to young alumni, young students that are graduating from Alabama. I hope you enjoy our second part of our two-part series with Ryan. Well, winning national championships is a lot of fun. It also mm-hmm. brings back this alumni network that still wants to be associated with Alabama, still wants to be involved, and also brings them back on campus for a game. They usually come in a few days early, yeah. maybe talk to a class, maybe you know, host a little information session. I think it's a phenomenal opportunity that I've definitely capitalized on and love meeting people like yourself who come back for those opportunities. Yeah, I agree. I think that's the fun part because I think about myself when I was in your seat, when people would come back and tell me about all the exciting things they're doing and seeing and the work they're doing. I'm like, this is awesome. What can I do to go connect with that person? Like, And then you realize as alums, we honestly, Alabama, and I think other schools do it too. We take care of each other and we go out of our way to say, you went to Alabama? Cool. How can I help you? Like, how can I have this conversation with you to learn about you to see what we can do to make sure that you have the best experience ever? You get to where you want to go and go from there. But it's uh, it's a really special bond. And it's it's always happening here. I always hear stories like that, like not just mine, but where I hear of students that have been helped by someone who graduated from Alabama. You yourself are still relatively early in your professional career. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you're only a few years into Salesforce. Obviously, you've also achieved a quite amount of success. You've fulfilled multiple roles and have received multiple promotions. What do you think has made you successful in order to, one, be recognized, but also, two, deal with sort of the adversity with the work-from-home situation slash dynamic work environment that we're going through to allow yourself to be recognized at a new company, but also to capital yourself forward professionally? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. I think it's one of those interview questions when someone asks you, like, why you? <laughs> and and kind of when you get a promotion and stuff, you, you have to think through that of like, why me versus these other five to six to 10 people who be on the same thing? I think normally when I answer, it's uh, I'm a lifelong long learner. I will take on any project, red, green, black, however bad it is, however good it is, because I'm excited to learn about it. That curiosity to me drives me. And sometimes it drives me mad, it drives me crazy. I'll go 50, 60 hours, weeks working on the same thing. But I love to see the results. And then the other piece is I love working with teams and building teams. I, anybody I meet, any boss I worked for, I was like, that's my fun thing. I love getting a group of five people, seeing their skills, their likes and dislikes, their behaviorals and being like, OK, how can we piece ourselves, this ragtag group of people together to get to this endpoint of project? How can I work with this group to help develop them and make sure that we're all focused on the same vision? And that's something I've tried to become really good at. If I can work in that teaming aspect, that is majority of every work setting at this point. And I've tried to make sure that I keep my skills sharp and master that aspect of teaming and being a lifelong learner and curious and mesh all those together. I think that's been a big piece to it. And then the other half is just the network, too. I've 
been fortunate where people, my network, I've been able to build it to the point if I'm not in the room, there's someone talking positively about me, which is what you always want. It's like you want to be able to leave that impact and impression to where if I'm not in the room, Cole's talking like, hey, Ryan's a good guy. He did X, Y, Z. He's helped with this or vice versa. I'm like, hey, Cole's a rock star. We need him. We want him. He's learned these things. And we think he has the ability to do X, Y, Z, because that's what a lot of the conversations come down to. Because what you realize as you go further is everyone's learning. <laughs> it's it's a matter of who enjoys it the most and who doesn't. <laughs> no, that's that's for sure. And one of the biggest things, at least trends that we've seen from Alabama, obviously we have a significant out-of-state population. Mm-hmm. You yourself grew up in Alabama. A lot of graduates are going elsewhere, but there's a few major spots. Obviously, you got the Atlanta, you got the Nashvilles. Texas is starting to blow up a lot. A lot of people are moving to Austin, to Dallas, to Fort Worth. What has it been like for you being in Texas? And why do you think it's so attractive to a lot of people moving there? Texas is a vibrant business culture city. So like every type of business you can imagine was either in Texas or is moving to Texas. Even some of your biggest tech companies, I think like Samsung has a huge office out there. AT&T is out there. Microsoft has an office out there. Some of your biggest name brands and then even historically thinking about companies like McKesson, that's like top 10 Fortune 500 who's headquartered there. And so the amount of opportunity there is huge. And it's the ability still back to the people point. You go out there, you work, you network with people and all these opportunities pop up. And because Texas, Texas, you have the ability to spread out and space out between Houston, Dallas to Austin, where you have all these amazing companies who are doing great things in these cities. And I think that's what makes it super attractive. And then because of the population, Dallas is, people are just so different. You have people from all over the country, from the West Coast, East Coast, the South, North, like, and you're put in this big city to see what can happen. So you end up meeting all these different types of people and learning so fast about different cultures and then how people act in work settings. And I think it's it's been exciting. I think that's one thing. The same thing even with Atlanta. I've had the opportunity to work in Atlanta and travel for work, and it's the same thing. It's growing. They're doing things to attract people as well. I think that's also huge thing. They're bringing in new companies. They just got the new Microsoft headquarters, naming them again. Like That is huge for people to see and think about. They've got a Target corporate office out there. Um, so that they're doing these things to attract people, but that's what we want. <laughs> we want to see job opportunities in cities that are bringing in the top companies that We'll blow up our eyes and be like, oh, my God, there's so much opportunity here for me to grow, to learn and be able to be successful. No, I think it's a, a great point. Sort of like a city that offers everything to someone, especially young, that wants to experience a lot of different aspects, not only professionally, mm-hmm. also personally. I mean, heck, every single big concert's going on in Texas. Everyone yeah. makes sure to does stuff like that. You got some pretty good sports teams, <laughs> Mavericks here and there. Obviously. Yeah. But I think I think you have a lot of great insight and something I also wanted to sort of nail down. People struggle with projects here and there. You get assigned something you don't want to do or that you honestly might not be like, this is not my wheelhouse. I don't feel comfortable doing this. How have you found yourself sort of adapting, overcoming something like that kind of barrier in a job where you might be asked to do projects that you're not not personally invested in, but are required for you to do? I'm doing one now at work. (laughs) I was doing one earlier this morning in the last two weeks as we started off our new fiscal year. But I had a basketball coach, he had this quote, he was like, never too high, never too low. There's going to be moments where you think you're on top of the world. You're going to have the work you wanted, the job you wanted, the role you wanted, the boss you wanted. You're going to feel excited. There's going to be moments where you're feeling low. You hate the work. The job is dragging on. 
not crazy about the people anymore, but you have to keep that balance to keep it real with yourself. And you can't know what it's like to be on that high or low without going through those experiences. So the way I take it is like, I take it in stride. It's like, yeah, this might be a low point. I don't like this project, but this is preparing me for something else. I can find the positive and good in all the projects that I've done. Even the ones I failed at, I feel like, okay, I cannot do that again. Or I'm probably not the best person for that anymore. And I'm okay with being dying on that sword and being like, this when probably I'm not your best guy for that. Or it's one of those that I learned so much that I want to try it again. And I want to see if I can conquer it this time. That's more of my personality thing, but that's it. For me, it's that never too high, never too low mentality. I think we have to get to a point where not all, not everything is glamorous and sexy. Mm. I think everyone thinks it will be your first job may not be your second job may not be your fifth may not be. And the work may not be. I've, done several things where I couldn't stand it and was like, why am I working on this at midnight? But I've also done a lot of things where I'm like, I wouldn't have known how to do this had I not done those projects. And I'm getting recognized for it, rewarded for it. And I'm glad I picked up that skill. Yeah. So that's that's kind of my mentality about it. I don't know if it's it's not a foolproof plan for everyone, but that's the way I take these things. Even right, like I said, right now I'm in one of those projects where it's like, I just did a lot of Excel spreadsheets in a night. Probably didn't get as used as much as I would like, but I now know how to do that, think through that process and flow, and I can replicate it in a second. Now, I think you sort of talked about something like having a mindset going to the future. Obviously, that whole idea of like it's not as high as it's going to be and it's not as low as you think it's going to be, but also that continuous learning. Looking out for the next five, 10 years, obviously, you got to sort of have a future plan-ish where you want to go. Where do you see yourself, not only professionally, but also in your involvement with Alabama? Because obviously, this conference is a big thing. You're coming on to speak. Do you see yourself becoming more involved in things like that outside of work itself? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll hit the career one first. I mean, I got some really good advice from one of my mentors. He was like, think about every role and think about the skills that come with that role and think about what is your end game. So for me, I've always wanted to be in the C-suite. I've never wanted to start my own company. I've never been that entrepreneurial guy. I think it'd be cool, but I've always wanted to be in the C-suite of a big company. So for me, when I take a role, I think about what skills am I missing in my career to get me there. So like for me, I want to do mergers and acquisitions. I want to go all in and learn about it because that's part of corporate strategy. I've never done that. I want to learn more about marketing strategy. I did my underground in marketing, but I've never done an actual marketing role for a big company. I get to work with those people, but I've never done it. So I think about my career trajectory and I'm like, I want to mark these off so I can get up to that point mm. in the entire time being a learner through those. And as far as being back on campus, I said, I love things like this. I get to even speak at work, speak here. Anytime I have the ability to come here and work with students, I will take it. And I think the people here know, like, I, I enjoy it. it. It energizes me. Like, one of my work tricks that I do when you're the virtual world we have, you could be 12 back-to-backs all day. When I have those type of days, I will put a mentoring meeting in the middle because it energizes me. Because those first five back-to-backs, I'm probably drained, especially if I actually had to talk and think. But when I get on that mentoring call, I get to hear someone else's story and hopefully be able to coach them to a point or give them feedback or even vice versa. I think we forget that as mentors, you can learn something from the people you're working with. And then I get energized and then I go into the rest of my day. I started doing that about three years ago where I would, if I knew I had a crazy week, I would put one of those mentoring sessions in a block 
let it kind of kickstart me back to where I needed to be mentally and then go through my day. So yeah, anytime I can come back and do this and, and talk and work with students and hopefully share a piece of advice and then learn, it, it makes it all the better. No, we love to see that. And such an involved alumni at such a mm -hmm. young age, obviously going to grow forward from there. Hopefully have your own keynote speaking engagements yeah, here soon. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. <laughs> and once you achieve the C-suite, we're going to be banging down your door, making sure you come back for those. But I think one thing I always have a question for people, at least that resonates a lot, is that everyone has a unique experience at Alabama. Obviously, you spent a lot of time here, not only as a student, athlete, but also as alumni coming back on campus. You have a lot of different experiences with it. What's one memory that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life that Alabama has granted you? I I have one that I always go back to. I've been asked this question before. During my graduate studies in the MBA program, I got an exciting opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. to the Lockheed Martin headquarters and visit Marilyn Houston, be in her courtroom. Marilyn Houston is the former CEO and chairman of the board at Lockheed Martin who is a graduate of Alabama. I got a chance to meet her and she, she's a boss. We were in her boardroom asking her questions about our life, her experience. And then also during that trip, we got a chance to go to the Federal Reserve, which in DC, that is like a nerd's dream. So I was like, I'm excited to see it. I hear about the Fed. I see what they do in the news, but being in that building, hearing about the job opportunities, a student from the University of Alabama could potentially have working here, it was so exciting. And that is a trip that I have thought about and being like, that was such a cool opportunity. And that happened because I'm in Alabama because of our alumni network and because of some of the experiences that people gave back for me to be able to go do that. So that's when I say all the time, I'm like, you ever get a chance to do something like that, whether you're interested in one of those companies in these cities or not, go. It's eye-opening to hear about what these companies are doing, what these people are doing. And who knows, it might land you a job. There's two or three people from that trip because it was a very small group that ended up working at the Federal Reserve and Lockheed Martin. Like it, it worked out. <laughs> the yeah. plan to get them there, meet people, interview, it, it can work out. And so I think that has been mine. And then, of course, all the football games, basketball games. I'm an avid basketball fan. have always gone. Well, always remember the big game. So I... Can't say enough about my experiences here. I'm trying. That's my number one, but I have a list of probably 200, no. <laughs> you know? No, I think everyone has that extensive list that, you know, they just go back to like, it's such a positive experience. You yeah. Know, everyone's got their own unique experiences, but Alabama still finds a way to sort of touch everyone in a different way. Absolutely. But Ryan, you have a conference to get to. Thank you for your yeah. time today. I appreciate it. And it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was fun. That's Ryan Coleman, Senior Program Manager at Salesforce. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to our podcast wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.